Next on BYU Sports Nation West Coast Conference Futurecast. Way too early projections for BYU hoops and the WCC next season. Top two finish, anyone? Blaine Fowler weighs in on that. Plus, the BYU Baseball Conference and National Player of the Week, King Kringlin, will join us in Studio Bay. And odds for BYU basketball to win it all next year. Plus, we go between the lines with the most worldwide of all BYU teams. We're serving up an ace. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. We're talking it up. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day. Play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, April 4th. up? Wherever and however you're dialed in, it's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with protein bar expert Jerem Jordan. Sometimes you project onto me what you are or want to be. <laughs> I want to be a protein bar expert? Apparently. <laughs> I, like like you, you consume a lot of protein bars. Right? Yes. Yes. To get protein, because that's what they do. Absolutely. That's the point. Yes. You eat it, and you get protein. It is you a lifelong goal of mine to, to find... The most enjoyable, most delicious protein bar on the market right now. I think I've cornered it, but who knows? Maybe someone's got a better idea. I don't know. What is it? Right now, for me, it's a Cliff bar. Who's Cliff? Well, Cliff is a guy that added a lot of sugar to the protein bar, which is why it sounds, why it tastes really good. It's only one F, right? Yes. C-L-I-F? Yes. So is it a dude? Or is it a thing? The Cliff? I don't know. Like, I don't know. Are you hiking? Why are you eating this? Because it tastes good and has a lot of sugar in it. Those two go hand in right? hand, my brother. <laughs> right? Hand in Exactly. Hand. And it's got 10 grams of protein per bar. I don't even know what Not that bad. means. Not bad. Not bad. I eat food. I know you watched the game last night. What game? Mariners? Uh-huh. Yeah, How did it go? I got shut out. Oh. 3-0. Oh. So the, the quest for Broncos perfection is over. <laughs> They're 0-1. Yeah. Maybe oh, they'll win was... the next 161, Jerem. Maybe they'll win 116 and then lose in the divisional series. Like a one. Uh, no, it, last night was a bummer, right, for Gonzaga. I was hoping they'd win. They'd pull it out. They got tight at the end, and it didn't help that Nigel Williams got his ankle, was turned. It didn't help that the refs completely ruined the flow. Uh, yeah, that, that was a bummer. Congratulations to North Carolina for winning the national title. Listen, getting to the title game is significant. That was amazing. That does not take away from anything Gonzaga did this year, which they were preseason kind of Final Four talk. They delivered. It was fun to watch a team deliver on the hype, right? That's, that's hard to do. It's hard to do that. BYU had a lot of expectations for their season, didn't deliver on it, and we're sitting here going, man, it feels kind of weird, right? Cheryl Rose tweeted out a picture in regard to the referees on Instagram. Yeah. It said, goodbye basketball season, goodbye referees, and welcome to my husband Dave. <laughs> Finally gets to see him. Hang on. Congratulations. <laughs> I love that she included the referees. <laughs> Not WCC officials, just a general just mention. General of mention okay. of referees. Checking. Checking. <laughs> but, you know, in all seriousness, amazing run by Gonzaga. It was fun. It was yeah. disappointing to watch that fall short. And you're right. Game I mean, changer yeah, when Nigel Williams Goss tweaked his ankle with about a minute to play. That he, he wasn't the same. And he was the guy that was delivering for them up to that point. Yeah. But. Jason or uh, Collins, what's his name? Jason? Is that his first Zach. Name? Zach. Who's Jason Collins? Oh, from the NBA. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Zach Collins, he gets a foul trouble that totally changes the game for Gonzaga. If he's in the game at the end, I think maybe it's a different. Who wasn't in foul trouble? 
I love that Bill Raftery said Bill Raftery compared it to like the crime scene. They pulled up the foul chart and there were so many fouls. He's like, it's like looking at the crime scene with all the evidence. <laughs> Onions. <laughs> exactly. Bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. BYU baseball sophomore outfielder Keaton Kringlin received two National Player of the Week awards. First from College Sports Madness as the National Field Player of the Week. And the second from College Baseball Magazine. He was also named the WCC Player of the Week. King Kringlin will join us today. Baseball lost yesterday to Oregon 9-6. I was hoping Oregon would hit a homer so you could say something. I'll say it in a moment. Daniel Schneeman went 3-for-5 with two RBIs. Nate Favero hit a three-run home run in the sixth inning, and it sounded like this. 3-1, Favero to right field! That ball is out of here! Now, if it had been Oregon, you could have said, That ball is Oregon! That's gold, Jerry. <laughs> The Batcats, thank you, Ralph Wiggum. The Batcats, go banana! The Batcats return to WCC play for a three-game series this weekend at Pacific starting Thursday. Now, the West Coast Conference Tournament for the top four teams in the league is at Pacific Stadium. Now, so, that, so this is BYU getting some reps in that stadium. Hopefully they will return there in May. It's where the Stockton Ports, Ports. play, and our boy Zach Bay Rudy is the play-by-play man for the Stockton Ports. Yes, how about that? So maybe he can get us tickets to the West Coast Conference Tournament. We have this show every day, but besides that, I don't see any conflict. <laughs> BYU softball swept the West Coast Conference Weekly Awards to the surprise of nobody. Are there any other teams in the league? Caitlin like, they, Larson. anyone else win? Aldridge winning Player of the Week and McKenna Bull taking home Pitcher of the Week for a third week in a row. No, seriously, I'm like... Is someone from LMU going to win at some point? Like, is this a monopoly? Like, should the federal government look into what BYU softball is doing with the West Coast Conference Awards? I, they probably have more important things to do. BYU men's volleyball is number three in the latest ABCA poll for the ninth straight week. The Cougars received a first-place vote. One what? From what? Penn State head coach Mark Pavlik. Thanks, Mark. The Cougars also in the top spot in the RPI, which is worthless. The Cougars wrap up the regular season at UC Santa Barbara this weekend. Why do you have to take out your personal feelings on the RPI, Jerem? Because they gave me a mic and said, please speak. Uh, the ratings percentage index is a wonderful tool. It uh, is not the, outdated the, at all, The Jerem. rating percentage <laughs> index. I love please, the laugh track. Please it's no. so bad. Please no. <laughs> that is so bad. This is not some cheesy, family-based, <laughs> clean... Pro- Wait, it's all of those things. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Oh, Never man, mind. we Never fit mind. the description to a T. Oh, Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. This is your West Coast Conference first alert forecast. I'm going back to my newsroom days, Jeremy. Six years. Six long years for you. What up, Grand Junction and Palm Springs? It's April 4th at this point. We're about as well-suited to ask your local meteorologist what the actual forecast will be between, I don't know, let's say January and next March, as we are to project what will happen in West Coast Conference basketball. No, we're more suited. We have a general idea. Yes. We have a general idea based on detailed specifics that have manifested themselves year after year. Yeah, yeah. For example, general ideas, it'll be cold in January. And it'll probably snow a few days. That's the equivalent of saying Gonzaga will be the favorite to win the conference and they'll be ranked in the top 20, right? Yes. Okay? Shocker. 
or not. But which days will it snow? Nobody knows right now. And that's why it's fun to call your shot. Like, who's leaving early for the NBA? Who's transferring in? Who's transferring out? We don't know those details. What about the specifics for BYU in that regard? So many unknowns, but we're ready to make our way-too-early West Coast Conference projections for 2017-2018, starting with this brain buster of a Twitter question. Why will BYU finish greater than third place in the West Coast Conference next season? Will they? Okay, because I think if Eric Mika doesn't come back, BYU's in third. I think if Eric Mika comes back, they're probably still in third, trying to make it a three-bid league based on who's back. But the hope is that you can compete for second, right? I say second, not first for a reason. I'll explain later. At Twiggerstone, use the hashtag BYUSN. You can too. Really depends on Mika. Would be a tough task with him, even harder without. St. Zaga, thank you for bringing that up. It's been a while. Returns talent and always finds ways to fill. That is the question, right? What about Eric Mika? Because that has such an effect on what we think BYU will and can do next season. For the record, there have been a number of keeping a record? way too early top 25s put out today, notably ESPN, who has Gonzaga 10th. It's and not way too early. The season's over. And St. Mary's 15th. <laughs> the Sporting News, Gonzaga 12th, and St. Mary's 18th. So both top 20, predictably. I mean, right there again. Not a surprise, right? No. But what St. about Mary's not a surprise now. BYU. What about BYU? What about them? Where are they, with or without Eric Mika? What to expect when you're expecting Eric Mika not to return? Sounds like a bad movie title. It's actually kind of a good movie. Um, I, I think that BYU has to change some stuff philosophically, blah, blah, what, to compete for second. Because if St. Mary's is a ranked team again, do you know how hard it is to be ranked? Like, you think, like... Oh, was St. Mary's good last year? Yeah, they lost five games. They were seven seed. They got out in the second round. There are 351 college basketball teams at the divisional level. 351. 348 of which don't matter, okay? The three that matter, Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and BYU. Can BYU contend for second and get an at-large? That's what we're talking about. Because I, I sit here on April 4th, and I go, okay, Gonzaga's going to win the league, so can BYU compete with St. Mary's for second? Steve Cleveland doesn't really like that idea. He thinks culturally around here we need to be talking about winning the league. Well, if Gonzaga's the Kansas of the league, as Steve has said, BYU ain't winning the league. Kansas right? wins the Big 12 every year. You can win in Spokane, and that is awesome. But that doesn't mean you win the league. I'm talking regular season or tourney. One year, BYU will do it. They'll get at least one of those. It, it will happen in the future. But I don't see it right now next year. The best part BYU's of what Gonzaga did this year Way too early is put the West Coast Conference more on the map. It was a good thing for them yeah, sure. to get to the national championship because now people are like, oh, yeah, I remember Gonzaga. They went to the national championship. That has way more to do with them than the league. But, yeah, it helps, sure. But when you look at the top three, like all of those teams have basketball history and tournament history now and yeah. have done some things. But what about next year with the specific players they will or will not bring back? According to ESPN's John Gassaway, top 25 players in college basketball for next season. Number three overall, Nigel Williams Gossip Gonzaga. Is he coming back? Is he coming back? We'll see. Zach Collins, too. Same thing. Will he go or stay? Are Collins and Goss gone? Jock Landale, St. Mary's, number six. That's, That's pretty crazy. Um, when I look at the three teams, okay, Gonzaga loses Karnowski and Jordan Matthews, okay? 
St. Mary's loses Joe Rahan, but Dane Pinnell came off the bench. He graduates. BYU Rahan's does, a game changer. BYU does not lose uh, any starters. We're talking about starters returning, okay? Unless. St. Mary's going to be really good again. Really stinking good. Yeah. They actually had this Aussie kid uh, that, they, that they signed that they were going to probably put in the starting lineup for Joe Rahan maybe. But he's going pro. Um, so that ain't happening with that guy. They bring in a Latvian kid. BYU returns Zach Selyus, of course. Uh, some return missionary post players like Andrus, Worthington, Nixon. So BYU returns its five starters. Gonzaga returns three, but guess what? They always have some transfer. And but By the way, Jesse Wade from Kaysville, Utah, LDS, same mission. Four-star recruit. As TJ Haas in uh, France. He's going to be on the Zags. He might redshirt, but we'll see. And they have a 6'6 kid, a freshman from Washington. So Gonzaga's going to reload. Yeah. So Mary's has one to two scholarship openings. Remember right when now. Sabonis and Wiltshire left Gonzaga? And we were like, oh, yeah, hey, maybe Doors open. Gonna, they got a shot. They just went to the national title They game. were better this year. <laughs> Their best year ever. St. Mary's <laughs> has been to a Sweet 16, so they might not be calling that the best season ever. But I think it was their best regular season ever. What are your way-too-early projections for BYU? It, something you just said is really interesting to me, and we'll bring this up a little bit later. The fact that Eric Mika probably doesn't get BYU into the top two, I, even if he does come not, back. I, I mean, he could, but I'm not wow. sure that he does, even if he comes back. It would need to be a three-bid league. And in the last six years, one time, three-bid league. Will BYU finish greater than third place in the WCC next season? We will talk much more about that later through the show. Coming up, Baseball National Player of the Week, Keaton Kringlin. But first, Blaine Fowler weighs in on his way-too-early WCC projections. What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation along with the currently 18,600-ish of you and use the hashtag BYUSN when you reply. Hey, tomorrow uh, softball is at Utah State at 6 Eastern time. You can listen to that game on BYU Radio and the app. Twitter question today. Why will BYU finish greater than third place in the WCC next season? Maybe you don't think they will. At Eastutz10 says, team won't be plagued with injuries to starters and bench contributors. Mika returns no longer freshman and sophomore starters. Okay, yeah, so yeah. that's the best outlook, right? Well, they're that's no the most optimistic outlook. to starters right now. When it happens, then you're plagued. Like, no one saw Elijah Bryant getting hurt in the fall. No one saw Kyle Davis. And it just happens, and it, and it stinks. It's attrition. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it really does. CBS Sports, by the way, produced another way-too-early top 25. Okay. So they say Zags 13, St. Mary's 23. So they have St. Mary's lower than ESPN and Sporting News. But the consensus so far is that both are top 25. And they should be. Both of those teams bring back... A core of awesomeness. I'm not going to make the same mistake I made last year where I was like, St. Mary's, St. Mary's was an NIT second-round team, <laughs> or third round, and they return everybody. So why are they getting so much love? They didn't like go to the tourney, but we saw the difference that they made. They, they're really good. So what's going to happen is they'll be worse than we think. Joining us now in Studio B, dual threat analyst of football and basketball, and we're talking to Hoops today, specifically Blaine Fowler, back on the show. What's up, Blaine? They're not going to be worse next year. <laughs> <laughs> the reverse logic. They're not going to be worse. I like that thought. But. Wait, <laughs> Although I don't know that I wish them to be yeah, worse next wait, year. They only lost five games. Yeah. 
I know. That's, they, I think. They can, I, I they think they're worse record. I think they're very similar next year, talent wise. I, you know, we were talking before before I I came in, and sat down here, and I really think that the WCC next year could be a three bid league. Um, because I don't think Gonzaga, if they drop, I mean, are they going to drop off? It's going to be really hard to get back to the national championship. Are they going to be a one seed? You know, yeah, I don't, but but tough. they're going to. I think they're a legit top ten team going in. And depending, like, what what does Nigel do? Um, he's not getting a ton of run as a first round draft pick. And and to me, if you're not a first rounder, come back. I, I think the fact that they lost last night. Um, maybe changes things for him. You saw how upset Nigel was, oh. right? Like it was. Yep. I actually loved it that he was hurt that much that they didn't win. So does he go, man? I've got some unfinished business, and and they lose Karnowski, who's going to go. One of the questions is, does does Collins? Collins gets a lot of love because he's a he's a true seven footer that's really really athletic. Even though he he played a. a, a more of an off-the-bench role for the Zags this last He'd year. He'd be the guy, right? His skill set is really, really good. And and he reminds you of a lot of freshman seven-footers. He gets in foul trouble because he hasn't quite figured out how not to reach and do some of those things. So he sat a bunch last night. Um, so it would really be good for him to have another year um, where he's now learned how to stay on the floor. Look, look at Mika stayed on the floor a lot better this year in his mm-hmm. second year. He was never, never could keep him on the floor as a freshman. So I think Collins could use another year, and then he's probably a bona fide big time first round draft pick. But somebody might take a flyer on him and tell him they're going to take him now. But but if they get everybody back, but 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 Karnowski, I mean, Melson is Silas Melson is back, Williams, Williams is Perkins. back, both both Williams are back, right? Perkins is back. If Nigel comes back, how's that not a top ten basketball team? So when we say they're not going to drop off, I mean it's it takes luck the right the right bracket, all of those things to get to the championship game. But I think they're just as good next year, and maybe they play with better pace because as great as Karnowski is defensively, sometimes he slows him down offensively. And last night he couldn't make a shot from four feet. We're talking about teams. Yeah, that was unfortunate. Yeah. So 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 they and then St. Mary's with you know that that was that was a young team this year. And the way they play, they're so dialed in with what Randy Bennett wants them to do. They make teams play at their pace. They make, I mean, they they dictate the pace on both ends of the floor. That's not going to change with Emmett Nar out there run, running the offense and with Jacques down low, causing problems and mismatches for people. I mean, they lose they lose Rayhan, who's a really good threat, but you know Randy can replace that out there. So they don't take a drop next year. So. The big question is: Way does, to be the bearer of bad no, news. No, so the so the big thing is: uh, Does BYU take a step forward? Yeah. Well, where? Okay. So our Twitter question today is: Will BYU finish greater than third place in the West Coast Conference next season? Jeremy and I, our consensus is no, because Gonzaga and St. Mary's bring back so much and the core of their teams. It's going to be tough for BYU to break into that top two, even with Eric Mika. Where do you stand on that? So, well, if Mika's back, I think it makes a difference because I think he's even that much, much better. And I like what Eric's doing. I think you go out, you work out, you network, and if you somehow can come from off the board to a first-round draft pick, heck yeah. But, but if you're still a late second-rounder or a free agent, second-rounders and free agents don't make it in that league. Sorry, they just don't. I mean, you look at that league. It's a league of first-round draft picks. It's not like the NFL where Danny Sorensen's make it. Half the league is undrafted in the NFL. Right. And it's, Half. You need 55 guys to be a good team in football. So guys make it, and then they get their chance, and guys get hurt so often in the NFL that opportunities open, like a la Danny Sorensen. Next thing you know, you got a four-year, $16 million contract. Doesn't happen in basketball very often. And, and so – if Eric can, through his workouts, jump up there, 
then heck yeah, go do it. If he doesn't, then, 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 then he's probably back, right? But he's networked, he's shown guys that they, and he can get feedback where they can go, you know what, go get a little bit stronger and a little more physical, and, and then let's, let's talk about So I think what he's doing is a fantastic idea. Nigel may do the same thing. Uh, Nigel Williams-Goss may do the same thing for the Zags and figure that out. But if he's back... Um, and you bring Celius back into the mix, so you have a consistent jump shooter from the outside. And, and this team figures out how to take better shots down the stretch offensively. Because to me, that's the only thing missing offensively is better shot selection. I think they were a, very, they were a good, very skilled team. But if they want to contend for that two spot or that one spot, they have got to figure out how to play way better defense. And so, to me, the whole theme of the offseason has to be our conditioning is pointed toward playing better defense. The drills we're doing in the offseason are going to give us better lateral quickness and give us a mindset to play better defense. L- look at last night. Gonzaga in that second half shot miserably. 18% halfway through the second half, and they were still in the ball game because defense. they would go, we're not making shots. We're missing six-footers. We're missing open jumpers that we usually make in transition. Let's just get back and shut these guys down. And North Carolina did the same in the first half when they couldn't make a shot. So, so to be elite, we don't use that word you know, very not often anymore. Not in vain. If you want to be elite, then you have to be able to win tough games by locking it down defensively. St. Mary's can do that and showed it this year. Gonzaga does it. They're all year long the number one team in defensive efficiency in the country. That's why they're in the national championship game. They're also very good offensively. So BYU is going to have to make a huge jump defensively to finish in the top two. That's my opinion. Does the outcome of next season for BYU uh, depend more on Gonzaga and St. Mary's and how they play, or the changes that BYU needs to play, make? Because I think BYU could still make some changes, still be much better, and still finish in third. They, they could. They absolutely could. I think it's more about how far BYU comes and how much they change the mentality and how physical they can be and how much better they can play defensively. And then, So to me, physically, they have the parts and pieces to compete with those teams. They certainly can match up physically with St. Mary's. So what's the difference? St. Mary's is mentally way tougher than this BYU basketball team this season. They understand what they're supposed to do. They execute at a way higher level than BYU does on both ends of the floor, consistently every night. That's the difference. St. Mary's doesn't go out and lose to a team they're not supposed to lose to at home or on the road because even if they're not shooting it, they understand how to execute and get the shots they want and lock people down defensively. So that's the difference. If BYU wins three or four more games, they're an NCAA tournament team. Right, So to me, it's more about what BYU does in terms of their mentality this, this offseason on, on playing better defense and understanding the roles down the stretch in a tight ball game against a St. Mary's or a Gonzaga and being able to make good shots, good decisions with the basketball. And so they're, physically they're capable of matching up with those teams. Look at when Gonzaga just played them straight up and didn't force them into a tempo thing and they just played, they beat them. So physically they're okay. So, so this is an off-season of mental preparation and understanding what they're supposed to do, and they have a chance to move up into that first two, but it's going to take a lot of work, and they have to have a mindset change. If Eric Mika does not come back to BYU, and we've stated our opinions on whether or not we believe that he will do that, and you know, odds are stacked against him right now because he's late second round, some, some off-the-board projections. But Most off-the-board, right? If, if he does get what he wants and he goes to the NBA, will BYU – get better from this year to next year? That, that's a hard one because they, they made this conscious decision they were going to play through the post this year. And I think a lot of BYU struggles offensively late in games 
where this was such a new thing for everybody, including Nick Emery, who at the end of games a year before was just get the ball in Nick's hands, let's screen for him, he's just going to go create and make a shot. Now it was we still need to play through the post in the last two minutes. So fundamentally a change. They would be significantly better next year having done this for a year and for a whole offseason. If he goes, now do you still play through the post? You know, I, think, I think Yoli is a weapon in the post, but, man, I would love to see Eric back, and I'd love to see Yoli practice like he was a wing all year long with the ball in his hands facing up and extending his range so that it gives BYU another mismatch where he can either go post you up or come out and knock down a jump shot and create a terrible matchup for everybody at the four. Um, then I think they can go into the top two. If Mika doesn't come back, they're going to have to play different again next year. And so now you have a whole other season of playing different and not maybe running it through the post like you do when you have a dominant center in Mika. So it's tougher. If, if, if Mika doesn't come back, I have a lot harder time saying all they need to do is change men, their mentality to be in the top two. If he comes back, I, I feel like it's a mentality change. If Mika doesn't come back, it blows up all the plans. When Sean Bradley went pro, yeah. that blew up all the plans. It's, it's not a coincidence that three and a half years later, BYU was a one-win program. Like I'm not saying that's going to happen here. I'm just saying, oh, shoot, now things change. So with that in mind, what changes do you expect with the BYU basketball with BYU basketball, philosophy, staff, roster, anything, if at all? Yeah, I, I just think a bigger emphasis on defense. I don't know that there's a, you know, I think with what they have in place, they can get where they want to go with a mentality change about their focus um, more on defense. On defense, and, and it wasn't necessarily that these coaches weren't preaching defense. It was that it just wasn't getting through for some reason. And, and, and so I know that Dave was very frustrated at times this last year. So now it becomes starting last week or two weeks, whenever that, you know, whenever that a couple weeks ago is this is what the focus is going to be in the off season and next year. And you better buy in or you're going to be sitting your behind right next to me on the bench type of a mentality. And he can get that done with the guys he has currently there. And, and then you're, you're exactly right with when Sean left and left late, you're, it's messed up. BYU's having a hard time going to get a young post. That's a top recruit in the country right now. Cause they, if Eric Mika's coming back, well, I'm not playing next year. And these, all these kids that are big-time stars think they need to start as a freshman. It is so Although Col- Collins didn't start as a freshman. And was, How was the man. How refreshing, right, that he, that he didn't have a, an attitude or mentality that I'm not going to Gonzaga. A little easier when you're a top-ten program to go recruit a big guy and say you're going to learn this year and they're going to make you an NBA guy the next year. And, oh, no, by the way, we just had Sabonis drafted this last year. We, you know, we're putting out NBA guys every year, so come learn this year and then come back. Um, than it is to do that here. If Mika goes – and then you think, well, do they go get a JC center right now? But most it's of the JC so kids the are game. already locked in yeah, to where they're going. It's April 4th. They're already locked in. So if he goes, it puts BYU in a tough situation, and they're going to have to rally and try to figure out how to play a little bit different where everything maybe doesn't go through the post. Then BYU I hate to see that. to Peyton Dastrup I'm not saying I don't want to see Eric do really, really well in all these workouts and all that, but I think he's smart that he didn't hire an agent and he left his options open because it allows him to do a ton of networking right now to get a lot of advice, and, and who knows? Maybe he vaults up there, and if he does, I wouldn't begrudge him to go. Would you guys? No, no, no I, wouldn't, but, I wouldn't blame but, him. But if he, no. if, if he stays late second round or off the board and that's the advice he gets, come on back. Don't, go, don't, don't go be – you don't need to be – Gimo Dashen right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Trent Place. I, hey, by the way, this last weekend, guy, I yeah. told my family, I said that from now on, that's how I want you to refer. Gimo Dashen. Because I, I want to be the lonely master. <laughs> because he explained in that thing that yeah. that means that he's in a class by, you know, he's all by himself. Yeah. Not that he's yeah. really lonely, that he's, I told my kids, I'm like, 
hey, don't call me daddy. I want to be Gmail. <laughs> <laughs> Blaine Fowler with us in Studio B. Uh, sorry, Gmo Dashen. We are not Fowler. calling you Gmo. So just call me. Call me. Dessert for his Jimness. Does Blaino Dashen mean the same thing? <laughs> Blaino Dashen. <laughs> Can I be Blaino Dashen? Yes. No, I don't have you, any nicknames. You like Blaine you can't Dashen. shorten Blaine, so nobody called me Blaine. Your Uncle yeah. B. Yeah, well, okay, Uncle B. Well, Your Uncle B. You know B. what? Did you have a nickname? I love. I love Uncle B. Yeah. I love Uncle B. Okay, I don't need to be Blaine Odasha. <laughs> you guys can call me Uncle B. I'm so glad we figured that out. <laughs> we got we got that cleared out. Uh, I look at a guy Chinese right well, now. Blaine Odasha. Blaine Odasha. <laughs> I I look at a guy like Zach Selyus, and there are a lot of BYU fans that are excited about the fact that he is going to be back with next year's team because of what he did as a freshman. He's got to go through some significant shoulder, not surgery, but just uh, rehab. Rehab, yeah. But what what do you anticipate he will really do in terms of making a difference for next year's team? He he was a guy that understood his role and played in that role, which is something BYU needed this last year and will need next year. Um, he knew when the appropriate time to, to take a shot was. He was really good in in transition at knocking down threes and being consistent. He, he played tough defense when they needed him to play tough defense, even though I wouldn't say he's a guy with phenomenal lateral quickness. He, he, he battled out there, but, but mostly because BYU from the outside this year was really up and down. Celius in his first year was not up and down. He was consistently producing on the outside and scoring the basketball. And so I think his mindset is good. He understands how to be a role player and a good teammate, and he's a consistent shooter. You tell me that can't help BYU. That can absolutely help BYU. And this off the bench year. potentially. Wh- whether Mika's have this yeah, whether Mika's back or not. And the one thing that that Dave was a little frustrated with is that not only and we you know he talks about how young they were in terms of experience and guys not quite understanding their roles and he didn't have anybody on the bench that he could say. Um, Hey, experienced guy, Jordan Chapman or Frank Bartley, go in and go play, and you come sit next to me and let's talk about how you do this. Didn't have that last year, and so Celius would give him some depth on the bench with a little bit of experience and allow him to, when somebody's not playing well, to sit him on the bench and have a conversation for a little bit and have some learning opportunities. Didn't have that luxury that much this last year because everybody was young. His bench was younger than his starters, which is Crazy. Saying something. That yeah. is and, crazy. And my preference is always to rely on a guy that I recruited for scholarship versus a guy that earned a scholarship as a walk-on, although yeah. those guys have a big role on the team. More, yeah. more in football than in – again, more in football than in basketball. Guys yeah. bloom late in football for some reason, and yeah. walk-ons end up being great players. And then, right. the, yeah. you know, a guy like a Chad Lewis in football – turned out okay. Yeah, three-time pro bowler and all-pro, and, yeah. and he's, just, he's just a walk-on. So football is different – Basketball, you kind of know whether these guys are good when they're 18 or 19, typically. The man, Blaine Dashen, Uncle B. What did it mean? Couldn't find during it. the break. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is that what we call a tease in the business? It's a tease. Yeah. I don't want to say over the air. You're telling me I can't just go get my car, i got to stick around? I'm not saying over the air what it is. <laughs> oh, okay. It's not, bad. it's not bad. Yeah, we'll keep calling you that just as long as you let us borrow some of your frequent flyer miles. Absolutely. Blaine so. Fowler with a billion frequent flyer miles. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> Up next on BYU Sports Nation, the most worldwide team on campus between the lines. But first, the National Baseball Player of the Week, Keaton Kringlin in the house. Kringlo Dutchin. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere. In fact, if you missed uh, Blano Dashen, 
Fowler talking about BYU hoops and what they'd have to do to climb into the top two spots. You can catch that interview and more on the BYU TV or BYU radio apps or download the podcast. It's all on demand. Refreshing today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU baseball outfielder Keaton Kringlin was named the National Player of the Week by two publications, College Sports Madness as the National Field Player of the Week and the second from College Baseball Magazine. He's also the WCC Player of the Week. He had an okay week uh, last week. Baseball lost to Oregon 9-6 yesterday. Daniel Schneeman went 3-5 for five with two RBIs. Nate Favero hit a three-run homer in the sixth. The Badcats returned to the West Coast Conference play for a three-game series starting Thursday at Pacific. Hashtag lock your doors. BYU softball swept the WCC Weekly Awards. <gasps> Shocker! Caitlin Larson Aldridge. <gasps> Aldridge, sorry. Winning Player of the Week and McKenna Bull taking home Pitcher of the Week. That's the third week in a row that... McKenna West Coast Conference Pitcher of the Week has she done so. She won the so. McKenna Bull Pitcher yes, of the Week award. exactly. Yeah, that's how it mm-hmm. works. Men's Volleyball is number three in the latest AVCA poll for the ninth straight week. The Cougars received a first-place vote from Penn State head coach Mark Pavlik. Thanks, Mark! The Cougars also own the top spot in the RPI, which I mentioned is worthless. The Cougars wrap up the season at UC Santa Barbara. This Why? Weekend. Why do you hate the RPI so much? But we don't have time for this. We have Keaton <laughs> Kringlin on. we got to talk to him. Okay, schedule it in for, like, June 14th. We'll discuss why Jerem hates the RPI. Now everyone's like, I'm not tuning in that day. National Player of the Week, two times over, Keaton Kringlin of the Batcats and BYU Baseball. Keaton, welcome to Studio B. Thanks for having me, guys. Now, we need to clarify something. Uh, We clearly gave you the BYU Sports Nation karma when we saw you at D.C. Tuxedos. Uh Uh, Somehow, on Tuesday, when you were trying on your tuxedo for the Y Awards and all that stuff. karma... So, so right? yeah, I mean, you recognize the power of BYU Sports Nation. You wanted to come back on the show, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I need all the power I can get. <laughs> we wanted uh, just a one percent credit because not only did you win those awards, you won a Y Award, I believe, as well, right? Yeah, that's the greatest week of your life. Yeah, that was the best week. Of my life. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Man. Yeah, yeah. What was the, what was your favorite part of the week? I mean, just feeling good at the plate, um, for sure. I mean. Um, any day you hit a couple home runs or, or three, then that means you're feeling good. I mean, I'm happy when I hit when I get one hit in a day, or I even hit the ball good. So I mean, when you hit three home runs and inside the parker, you're you're having a good week. Well, you made a defensive play that was out of this world good too, fading back towards the wall. Like you did everything right, and one of your home runs was an inside the park home run for the first time in eight years. This was the game winner. So well, let's let's recap the week, okay? Tuesday. We see a D.C. tuxedos. You beat Utah. Yep. And okay. you make an outstanding catch against Utah. So, what was it like to beat Utah on Tuesday? We're just going to walk through the week. It was amazing. Okay, okay. Um, so beating Utah, we, we kind of struggled. We, we took off in the first inning, and then they, they had some good runs as well. And then we kind of struggled in the middle innings, and then um, we got hot again in the eighth. And that was huge to, to kill Utah. I mean, 11-6, and um, just to get us going for the week, for sure. Then, okay, then Wednesday. Then Thursday. Wednesday Y Awards. Wednesday Y Awards. Sorry. Y-Awards. Wednesday what, Y Awards. Was it what was it? Male Rookie of the Year? Re- rookie of the Year, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, sorry. I Very forgot cool. I forgot the Y Awards. Yeah. The most important thing is we, we hosted have, it. Yeah, and we what <laughs> yeah. What was better? Our performance of the Y Awards or your performance last week? Um Definitely your guys' performance. <laughs> no, it was you. No. It was you. It was a trick question. You guys had me laughing. That's what got me going, probably. Good. I was happy on Good. Wednesday. Even though I made fun of your last name, Keaton? 
I know my last name's cool. Spencer <laughs> <laughs> said to McKenna, your fiance, Santiago, do you really want your last name to be Kringlin? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was yeah, yeah. Jeremy's like, wow, that's really personal. <laughs> but the people actually laughed, so yeah. I was bailed out by that. <laughs> okay, then Thursday, you play St. Mary's, and you have the inside the park home run that was the game-winning hit. <laughs> With your arms raised above your head before you cross home plate. That was awesome. <laughs> um. Uh, I struggled that day um, earlier in the in the day, and um, so just just try to hit a ball hard to the right side. And the right fielder was close to it, but I think he should have just let it let me get a single for sure. And um, the ball rolled past him, and I was fortunate enough to to get to third. And Coach Littlewood was waving me around third, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, were you sh- <laughs> were you shocked? Were you shocked? Yeah, I was like, "What's going on?" <laughs> and uh, the right fielder overthrew. Uh, the cuts and and I was I was sailing to home like this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Were, were you shocked that he was waving you home at that point? Yeah. So I I was kind of coasting into third base and and he's going like he's putting his hand up and then he starts waving me in and I'm I got to get on my horse again to to run all the way to home. But I was shocked for sure. Are you the first two uh, two hundred ten pounder he's waved in for a, inside <laughs> the park home run? Probably. You know I mean? Probably. Yeah. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. You win Friday uh, over St. Mary's, and then on Saturday, you just go absolutely bonkers, and you hit three home runs in the same game. Kyle Dean did it against Kansas last year. But at, at what point were you like, the ball looks huge, and I'm going to hit it out of the park? So my first, um, my first home run kind of snuck over the fence, and I was like, okay, that felt good. Um, got, got my first at-bat of the way with a home run. This is a good day already. And then my next at bat, I just missed the ball. And at that point, I kind of knew I was seeing it well because I had hit a home run, and my next at bat, I just missed the ball. And then they bring in a new pitcher, and I get a single. And then they bring in a new pitcher for my next at bat, and I hit a bomb. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I was like, two in one day, that's pretty good. And um, my last at bat, um, he, he got down 3-0, and I was like, don't walk me. Please don't walk me. At least let me hit it. And then he throws a fastball right down the middle. And I said, if he throws that again, it's not going to be good. And then he throws it again, and I hit it over outside of the park. And I was kind of sprinting out of the box, and I, I was like, why am I sprinting? It's, it's way out of the park on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to enjoy the view. Yeah, yeah. Soak yeah. it in, man. Yeah. Three homers is crazy. You had seven RBIs in the game, which is awesome. Uh, you're the... One of the leaders in the league in uh, RBIs, which is awesome, which is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. King Craiglin leads the WCC with 32 RBIs. What does it mean to lead the league in RBIs and help your team in that way? Um, you know, RBIs is key. That's, that's how you win the ballgame, scoring, scoring the, most, uh, the most runs in a game. And, um, you know, while I'm up to bat um, with runners on base, like runners in scoring position, I don't. I just don't try to get too big, and um, and sometimes you do. Sometimes you want to hit a double or or a home run, and that's what gets you out most of the time. You pop it up or or get jammed, and so you just got to stay short and hit the ball to middle um, to score those runs because they're important, and we need we need those runs to win ball games. What's your favorite nickname? Um, <laughs> Keter. I people call me Keter Pop, Keaton Swaggin. Um, <laughs> King Kring, Tom Homo. Yes, yeah, that's a Tom Homo nickname. <laughs> yeah. King Kring. Yeah. I like that one. Keter Pop. I think Keter Pop is Keter Pop's the one that pops a little bit. Yeah. We, um, we, 
we want to know the best advice because we have intramural slow pitch softball uh-huh. coming up on campus here. <laughs> we want to know the best advice to make a spectacular SC top ten kind of catch in the outfield. What, what do you? Okay, you so for? you see the ball hit. Okay, and I'm you out. have to, I'm out already. And you have to wait a little bit. <laughs> you have to wait. You have to wait <laughs> to make don't, a good play. Don't back. It's going to be a routine fly ball in softball, okay? Yes. So you wait just a hair, and then you time it perfectly. You start running over there, and at the last second, you dive. But the key is to wait at the first. <laughs> to, to allow yourself <laughs> to allow an yourself opportunity to, to have to, to dive. dive. act yeah. like I can't see the ball. I'm like, yeah. Oh, a routine play, make it look hard. And That's then you'll the be on. <laughs> and then people are like, wow, <laughs> you're a really good player. Yep. <laughs> That's I like where we're going That's with amazing. this. Okay. That's the best advice I've heard all day. Do you like making an incredible defensive play better or hitting a home run? Um, they're both good, but I feel like in the on defense is the biggest part and what makes me like um, feel good because just getting a good jump on a ball and, and chasing it down and knowing you have a chance to catch it is, is one of the greatest feelings. And then once you make the play, it's, it's even better. And it just pumps you up and gets some momentum on the hitting side. So I feel like making like a good play in the on defense just brings momentum everywhere. We should have had you on the show yesterday because then you probably win a fifth straight game and beat Oregon. So yeah. we won't make Our that bad. mistake again. Okay, hey, that's on us. Yeah, on us. we'll double up the karma now again for uh, yep. the West Coast Conference Series because conference series matter most. Exactly. This Thursday through Saturday, Keaton Kringlin in Studio B. Is is this the first time you've been in studio? Second time I've been in studio and once on the phone. Oh, that's right. I yeah. knew you were on the phone. Have you signed the flag? Signed it, yeah. Okay, good, okay. good. You've signed the good. flag. Yep. Okay, man, we've, we're getting a lot of signatures up there. Oh, I can see it. I see your signature right now, as a matter of you fact. You ID'd it? Absolutely I ID'd it. Wow, well, there are like 100 there. Very nice. <laughs> well, he's got you two Ks. It's a brand got... new marker. It's a new marker. Yeah, yeah okay. He's got okay. two Ks in his name, too. <laughs> yeah. Not, not that hard never to find. never had two Ks in a single game, though. Oh, oh, I see what you did there. there. King Cream, Keter Pop, great to have you, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we go between the lines with the most international team on campus. Oh, and Lauren Frankham's here. Hey, Lauren. Two down. Two down. Two down. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. We just talked to Keaton Kringlin. He's the best player on the planet right now in college baseball. (laughs) Uh, BYU (laughs) plays at Pacific on BYU Radio and the app starting Thursday at 9 Eastern. All three of those games on BYU Radio, baby. Yeah, uh, that's a little bit littered with opinion right there. Greatest baseball player on the planet in college, but... He's the, he has two National Player of the Week. Okay, you win. And you win. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> I got to give you something every one, now and again, right? You, you won going for two. You've given me your friendship. You won going for two. <laughs> All right, yeah, let's move on. It's getting too sappy. What I know. Okay, let's, let's be rude to each other again. Maple tree. There are a ton of teams on BYU's campus oh, yeah. that we love to profile and feature, and some naturally you hear more about and then you know just a little about some of those teams. So we, the purpose of Between the Lines is to help you get to know some of these smaller, respective sports okay. in ways that you otherwise would not know. So let's go Between the Lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. 
We heard the BYU men's tennis team had a whole lot of personality, so we went and bugged them after practice, asked them a few questions, and we even got to know who's going to be BYU's next bachelor. This is called Meet the Pro. Who is the most likely to go all out on the dance floor? Ready? One, two, three. <laughs> Who has the best celebrations when they win? Aiden! <laughs> Last week I just collapsed on the floor and did the starfish. <laughs> I just fell on the ground and the boys dogpiled me, so it was a fun one. Won the match. Who would be most likely to be afraid of watching horror movies? Garrett. Garrett! Garrett. <laughs> I scream a lot. They're really loud. Like, it's very touchy. Very brown. A little wimpy. Who is the most likely to know the lyrics of every song and sing along? Okay, yep. Four for Derek. So it's Derek. Uh, I, got, I got my beats on a lot. I listen to a lot of music. Sam's more of the singer. I can't help falling in love with you. <laughs> Who is the person to crack a joke at the wrong time during practice? Sam. What, what is an example of you cracking your joke at the wrong time? It's not like I crack jokes, I just say the dumbest thing possible. <laughs> Who is the most intimidating on the team? <laughs> Keaton! Because I like to go tanning regularly. <laughs> Who would be the most likely to appear on The Bachelor? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Mark, set, reveal. Rafa! <laughs> Who on the team has a weird random talent? <laughs> Who on the team has the best trick shot? Looks like John. John is the winner. I've got a few different trick shots I pull out. And do you usually win the point when you do it? No. <laughs> Who can do the best impressions of one of their teammates? Oh. Okay, one, two, three. Jacob. Dang. I do a really good South African impersonation. <laughs> I'm very happy with the win. And, and yeah. And my, also my, uh, my father came this week. It was, it was nice. <laughs> Right, you guys are amazing. Oh my gosh, that's terrifying. <laughs> I think I lost a little bit of my hearing right there. Not only are these guys <laughs> the most international team on campus, they're actually pretty good too. They're 5-1 and one in conference right now, so good job, guys. Join us next week when we're with the women's track team. We're going to see how in sync they are with their coach. As always, follow us on Twitter at BYU underscore BTL and use the hashtag BYUBTL. Of course the guy that has the accent and the long flowing hair and is going to be is gonna be the bachelor, right? And he's Australian. <laughs> at the Y Awards, Brad Pierce introduced me to like every one of them and they kind of surrounded me and I was like, what's going on? Am I being like, uh, <laughs> I'm going to be beat up right now? Like, what the? Jeremy, you will not make fun <laughs> of our team tonight. Were snapping towards you like yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. I was like, what is this? What's that story? Yeah, you will not make fun of our team tonight. No, they're, they're a fun team. They're, a fun they're team. awesome. And I didn't know any of them very well before going in there and so I was playing the game with them. I'm like, oh, it's for sure Sam. Yeah. He's for sure. <laughs> Don't judge funniest. a book by its cover, right? Yep. Great stuff, Lauren. Thanks, Thanks so guys. much. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, anything sports. and everything sports. else you need to know across BYU Sports. Sports content coming forth.
from the strength of the hills we bless. Between the Lines on BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Martin's Collision Repair. The right repair, the right paint, the right choice. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guest. Read it as Bill Walton. <laughs> Keaton Kringlin and Blaine Fowler, please. <laughs> also, Lauren Frankham was fantastic with Between the Lines. With that in mind, Billy, <laughs> let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Baseball. Please. I'm Billy Keaton Kringlin. This is two National Player of the Week awards. First from College Sports Madness. They're all crazy! This is the National Field Player of the Week. And second from College Baseball Magazine, he also won West Hill Conference Player of the Week. The Batcats lost to Oregon out of Conference 9-6 yesterday. Six errors. Yikes. Daniel Schneeman went 3-for-5 with two RBI. Nate Favaro hit a three-run home run in the sixth inning to tie it up at five, but he couldn't hold on. The Batcats returned to WCC play when it really matters for a three-game series this weekend at Pacific starting Thursday. Softball. Brigham swept the West Coast Conference Weekly Awards with Caitlin Larson-Aldridge winning Player of the Week and McKenna Bull winning the McKenna Bull West Coast Conference Pitcher of the Week for the third week in a row. <laughs> Volleyball. Men's team number three in the latest AVCA poll for the ninth straight week. The Cougars received a first-place vote from Penn State head coach Mark Pavlik. The Cougars also own the top spot in the very relevant Yay! RPI. Yay! The Cougars wrap up the season at UC Santa Barbara this weekend. Men's basketball. According to CBSSports.com, the home of CBS Sports, BYU has a 300-to-1 odd odds of winning the NCAA championship in basketball in 2018. Isn't that the same as college football? I'm not kidding. Isn't that the same yeah, exact it is. odds? It is. Yeah. It is. So it's not going to happen. And St. Mary's has 40-to-1 odds and Gonzaga 12-to-1 odds to win it all next year. Wow. Cougars overseas. Jonathan Tabernari had 19 points and two rebounds and a win for his Italian team yesterday. Golf. Let's hope Eric Mika is not playing with JT anytime soon. The men's team's in 10th place at 22 over par after two rounds of the Seattle University Red Hawk Invitational. The third and final round's underway right now. BYU's three over par. Rhett Rasmussen tied for 17. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Keaton Kringlin. I, I'm not kidding. He had, like, the greatest week ever last week. He just said that award. was the best week of my life. In Utah, inside the park home run Thursday, three homers on Saturday. He was amazing. He has an RBI in five straight games, and he leads the West Coast Conference in said category. Keeter pop. Boom. Keaton Kringlin. Keaton swaggin'. Tom Homel, by the way, will resume duties as BYU's athletic director. He has been the AD, yeah. but he's been on the road quite a bit with the men's basketball selection committee, and he's done. Congratulate! You know what? A rise and shout! Congratulations, to Tom, Homel Tom, for his awesome duties on the men's basketball selection committee. Very cool. He had great seats last night. Yeah, boy. Speaking of frequent flyer miles with Blaine, Tom's got quite a few. The whole as well. family can go for free. Where, you know? <laughs> Why will BYU finish greater than third place? In the West Coast Conference next season, that is our Twitter question today, our elite tweet of the day from at Kip Kent. Because while Gonzaga owns the WCC and BYU is currently renting, St. Mary's is the annoying neighbor that has to go. Down with the gales. I'm he was watching yesterday. You were watching yesterday. You were watching yesterday. Another rise and shout. This one to Kip Kent for listening. Hey, the conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. You can always weigh in, no matter what time it is, use the hashtag BYUFM. At Jaker Kemp says three words, Yoli Manchild. He's going to be an absolute beast next season. Emery will step up and lead this team as well. Wow, greater than third place. And no mention of Eric Mika. Hmm. What? Show on demand, BYUSN.com. Download the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Jay Chessman. See you tomorrow at noon Eastern. Keep it pop. Sports.